Share Care, helping you. Get younger, get guidance, get better care, get smart, get fit. Radio MD presents Share Care Radio with Daria Long Gillespie, MD. Hi, it's Dr. Daria, and I am back. 7.5 million Americans are affected by psoriasis. That's over 2% of the population, with 10 to 30% of them developing psoriatic arthritis, which is why we want to talk about this today. So what is psoriasis, what is psoriatic arthritis, and what puts you at risk for it? I have with me Dr. Joseph Marola, who specializes in both dermatology and rheumatology at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. He's also an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. I want to just first dive in quickly. What got you interested in combining both dermatology and rheumatology? Yeah, that comes up every once in a while. I can tell you it wasn't the uh, the 10 years of, uh, of extra residency <laughs> training. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of overlap we see between the skin and the joints, uh, in particular mm-hmm. in the setting of autoimmune diseases like psoriasis. And mm-hmm. there are uh, not a lot of people who sort of bridge the gap. Um, mm-hmm. I had a mentor who had trained in both, and I was always wildly impressed by what he was able to uh for the patients and, and make connections that some others maybe hadn't or weren't able to treat sort of the whole patient. So I've been very fortunate to, you know, be able to see my patients and, and hopefully, you know, make make it one-stop shopping and maybe maybe mm-hmm. bridge the gap a little bit between um, psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Yes, and you're right. That's a perfect example of where you have both symptoms of the skin and the joints. So I want to get into that for people who haven't and people who don't really know what they are. Can you kind of talk to us about, you know, what is psoriasis? Yeah, so psoriasis is a chronic autoimmune uh, skin condition, which means, you know, we think uh, essentially it's where your body is sort of creating inflammation and, and uh, in the skin um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and for the most part, you know, we think about a lot of these diseases. We've gotten a little bit more sophisticated, although we don't know the full sort of background behind the, you know, the or cause of the conditions. Um, we think that there's at least some genetic component and then an environmental mm-hmm. set of components, which we'll probably get into, that ultimately lead mm-hmm. to psoriasis. And uh, for those who may not be as familiar, psoriasis leads to these sort of red, um, thick, thick and scaly uh, plaques on the skin, and mm-hmm. it, it can can be, you know, certainly much, much more than just a cosmetic condition. It can be, you know, very, very, uh, can be really disabling uh, to, to patients in, in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people have seem to have very little involvement, and some have involvement over their most of their body. It can be really debilitating, it looks. That's right. And so tell us the difference between psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Yeah, so, so folks who have... Um, the vast majority of folks who have psoriatic arthritis also have psoriasis. Only about maybe 15% or so seem to have the psoriatic arthritis come first uh, and then mm-hmm. later or, or never seem to have uh, psoriasis or, or at least develop the psoriasis a bit uh, later on in their course. Um, so they are, they are obviously connected. Um, psoriatic mm-hmm. arthritis is a form of an inflammatory arthritis, which means mm-hmm. it causes a lot of tenderness and swelling and pain uh, in, in the joints. Um, mm-hmm. And it can ultimately, in, in some uh, percentage of uh, patients, probably somewhere around 40 or 50% of uh, patients can actually have a damaging or erosive uh, form mm-hmm. of psoriatic arthritis, which can ultimately lead to some 
uh, you know, uh, disability in the joints and, the, mm-hmm. and, 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 and how we are able to carry out our activities of daily living. So mm-hmm. uh, it can be quite an impactful disease. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and as you mentioned at the, at the beginning, it probably occurs in the somewhere between 10 and 30 percent of patients who have underlying uh, psoriasis. And so it's mm-hmm. really important for us to be thinking about and screening our patients for psoriasis, you know, asking them about inflammatory type uh, joint mm-hmm. pain. So you're right. It's really important to differentiate, like you mentioned, the autoimmune arthritis from just a standard run-of-the-mill arthritis people can get as they get older. So as opposed to that kind of osteoarthritis, when does psoriatic arthritis tend to present? At what age? Yeah, that's a great question. So the psoriatic arthritis may present a little bit younger than we would see with the with osteoarthritis. Although again, you know, there are two peaks in psoriasis. So there are plenty of folks who get first diagnosed with skin psoriasis um, while it's most typical in the sort of 30-ish, you know, age range. It can also happen a little bit later in the 50s to late 60s. So that's also a time when we may be seeing the first onset of the wear and tear arthritis. So the way we help distinguish is by looking for features that make us think a little bit more of inflammatory arthritis. And what are those features? So uh, we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, red, swollen, tender uh, joints. So that certainly shows us that there might be some inflammation in the joints. Uh, One key take-home, though, is this sensation of what we call um, a gelling phenomenon or or, or, um, a joint disease uh, or rather joint stiffness, meaning that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you wake up after you know, a, a nice night's rest and you feel like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. You, know, you feel like you can't mm-hmm. get moving. You're looking for the oil can next to your bed, you know, to try to get uh, limbered up. And, uh, you know, it takes a good 30, 60 minutes or more to really get moving and feel as good as you're going to feel for the day. That, that type of joint stiffness that actually gets better with activity as opposed to the wear and tear arthritis that tends to feel worse with activity Mm -hmm. is often a very helpful sign for us to start thinking that maybe this patient has an inflammatory arthritis like psoriatic arthritis. Okay. And now that's fascinating that you you say have two peaks. So somebody could start to develop these symptoms in their 30s or in their 50s to 60s. And you mentioned what should they look for, the skin changes and then these two symptoms you described for the arthritis? Right. Well, so, so... you know, so we're obviously between both skin and joints here. I mean, to you know, to take a step back, so the psoriasis being the much more common sort of, uh, you know, uh, prevalent disease here, uh, mm-hmm. we certainly do see it in all age groups. You know, we see it in children, uh, mm-hmm. but, the, but, the, but the main peaks are those ages. So from around 30 to 39, and then again from about 50 to 69 are when most of the patients with psoriasis typically um, present. And, you know, some of the areas uh, that might tip us off in terms of it being a, you know, a, a psoriasis, obviously, uh, you know, the way that the, the way that the skin lesions actually appear on the skin, mm-hmm. but some certain locations can be a tip off for us as well. So uh, very common, commonly we'll find the, the psoriasis uh, uh, skin lesions on the scalp. Um, elbows and knees are very, very common. Uh, and, but we can see it in other places as well. So it can be on the palms and soles of the feet. It can happen in body folds. Uh, and actually, there's also uh, a form of nail psoriasis that affects the fingernails and toenails, which is interestingly uh, enough that that form of um, nail psoriasis is known to be associated with a little bit higher risk of developing the form of psoriatic arthritis that we had mentioned. 
Fascinating. I, did, I didn't know that the nail psoriasis was associated with that. So if it is so, given how common it is and how it can start, you know, a, a variety of ages, what causes it? You alluded to it. You said genetic plus environmental. Talk to us about what can trigger it. Yeah, so so we we do know that there's the, the genetic component, and I think it's important to mention that about 40% of patients with psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis have a first-degree relative with psoriasis. So that really underscores how strong of a genetic component there likely is. But on top of that, we know genetics is not always enough, and there are some environmental risk factors, although they haven't all been worked out. Uh, we, we know at least some of them that seem to uh, either kick off the disease or seem to make it worse. So over the years, a number of studies have shown that um, smoking, uh, obesity, uh, certain medications, uh, even infections, in particular uh, streptococcal infections, um, can or have been associated with either the onset or the worsening of uh, psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis. So it's that combination of having, you know, the right background, the right canvas, and mm-hmm. then the, you know, and then the um, the environmental triggers that seem to be the, you know, bring bring the whole picture together and ultimately lead to the disease. But it's important to note for listeners, you can't catch psoriasis, even though there's the, in- the infectious trigger. One cannot catch the condition. That's right. And I'm, gl- right. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of our patients will ask us, you know, and it, it, uh, it always makes me a little, a little sad to hear that there are people who have been living with that fear. Um, you know, we'll mm-hmm. have grandparents ask us, is it okay to touch their grandchildren or, or you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely not in any way contagious uh, and it should not prevent anyone from, from, uh, from normal human interactions, <laughs> to say the Wonderful. least. So, yeah, yeah. Always good to emphasize that it is not contagious. Well, I want to get to treatments because you talked about if somebody doesn't get treatment for, especially for psoriatic arthritis, it can actually permanently damage their joints. So let's talk about some of the various treatment options one can have. Yeah. So, so the way we think about treatments, and I, I'll tell you, we could talk about this for a few hours, uh, which I don't think you have time for today. But um, there are there are probably two big branch points in the way that we think about treatment. The first big branch point, at least in my mind, is whether or not the patient in front of me has psoriatic arthritis at the time we're talking about treatment or not. Because the treatment options for for a patient with psoriatic arthritis are probably going to be a bit different. We're already going to Mm-hmm. you know, be thinking about potentially about some systemic or oral or injectable medications to try to control both the skin and the joints. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's one. The other big branch point in our decision is how severe the skin disease is. So if someone, say, doesn't have psoriatic arthritis, do they have one or two plaques on the elbows, which is not uncommon, or are they covered mm-hmm. from head to toe in psoriasis? And then you know, mm-hmm. our treatments are going to vary um, depending on those probably at least two scenarios. Uh, for patients who have more mild or moderate skin disease, we may be discussing the use of topical agents, so that may include most typically things like topical steroid medications. Um, those mm-hmm. can be effective, you, you know, but it, they do have their side effects like, you know, if they're overused, we, we can lead to some thinning of the skin or, uh, you know, over time. Um, mm-hmm. And by topical, you're meaning like creams or lotions or foams. Yes, yeah, right. that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so it may be an, an ointment or a cream, uh, right? And you're right that they come in many different vehicles and foams, gels, depending on the part of the body. Uh, and they can be very effective. You know, they can be very effective. I think it's sometimes frustrating for our patients to hear that, it, you know, psoriasis is considered a chronic 
disease in the vast majority of cases, which means that we're not really going to cure it, but instead mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're going to try to get it under control the same way that we, mm-hmm. you know, if you have high blood pressure, we treat it, we get it under control, but if you don't take mm-hmm. your medicine, back comes the high blood pressure. Uh, so, right. so very similar to that. Um, so these, um, these creams and ointments can be used uh, in more mild cases, and sometimes that's all our patients need to get their mm-hmm. skin clear and, and, you know, be happy. For patients who have more widespread disease, it can often be, you know, uncomfortable or not very um, feasible to try to get these ointments everywhere on the body. You can imagine right. if you're covered head to toe, that can be quite a feat to have to do twice yes. a day, you know. It's a and, lot of uh, product. It is, you know, and it gets uncomfortable and it can feel a little bit greasy and such. And you know, so, so there are many reasons that that might not be so practical. And then we have a number of options, both, you know, older as well as newer. So there are some medications um, that we can give by mouth. Uh, one of the older, um, but, you know, uh, oldies but goodies, I guess, uh, as they might say, uh, are, uh, includes a medicine called methotrexate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which we could we could go into a little bit, but that's a once weekly medication mm-hmm. that uh, actually works for both skin and joints. Uh, that's mm-hmm. often a go-to. Um, mm-hmm. There are some uh, there are some newer oral medications. Uh, one of them is uh, a, a Premalast, which is also FDA approved for both skin and joint disease. Um, <clears throat> and that's an interesting one that doesn't necessarily require as much blood monitoring. Um, so, mm-hmm. so there's there's been some interest in that of recent, and some of the uh, listeners may may be seeing some advertisements for some of these as we as we you know as we uh, use them more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly um, a good number of medications by injection, and many of those have been around now for over uh, over a decade. So we have quite a bit of experience using those, and you know feel that they are in general very safe, very effective. Uh, medications and um, the, uh, the these medications typically target the inflammation of psoriasis, mm-hmm. both in the skin and the joints. And the, again, the majority of these treat both skin and joints. You know, sometimes it's a little bit of a leap for our patients to think, "My goodness, I'm going to be moving from you know either the creams or even a pill to an injection." You know, and, and sure. so there's there's that sort of getting used to the concept and the idea that they'll be uh, giving themselves or having an injection uh, given by their physician. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I can tell you the vast majority of our patients are generally quite happy that they've, uh, you know, decided to continue uh, appropriate therapy. um, Because the the uh, injections can have a very, so as you you just said, they can be very effective for both the skin and the joints for getting those under control. that's right. You know, there are a number of different classes now. You know, there's one class in particular. They're, they're called anti-TNF-alpha mm-hmm. medications. And I want to um, touch on those. Just a yeah. couple of names so that our listeners can know the names. I'm sure they hear them Absolutely. You'll so. hear them on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll even see some, some pro golfers and other people uh, promoting, promoting mm-hmm. some of these uh, on television. Some of the more common that we use, and again, this is in no particular order or, or, or preference, um, adalimumab, also known as Humira, um, mm-hmm. uh, Tanercept or Enbrel um, are some of the more common that we reach for. Uh, infliximab or Remicade is one that's actually given by IV infusion, so not given by the patient themselves, mm-hmm. whereas the Enbrel mm-hmm. and Humira are given, you know, the patient can give it themselves at home. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, again, uh, we have lots of experience. There's been lots of uh, uh, many years of, of um, 
data gathering safety and and you know everything does have its side effects and uh, again mm-hmm. I'm not sure you know to what extent we'll we'll dive into them but certainly worth a discussion with your your doctor if there's significant skin disease and or psoriatic arthritis and they've really made uh tremendous um you know uh, 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 improvements in the way that we treat patients it's in a lot of ways it's as good a time as any to have to receive one of these diagnoses because we have so many uh treatments and so many new treatments to control uh, both skin and joints and it sounds like you can really tailor your, t- uh, your treatment based on the spectrum of how affected you are by the condition. Absolutely. So, yeah. But you're right. These are, you know, as you mentioned, even with some of the injectables, it modifies your immune system. So always talk to your doctor to be on the optimal treatment for, for those. That's right. Yeah, these aren't for everyone, but, you know, in the right hands and with physicians who are used to and comfortable using these medications, we uh, can really make a nice dent in the in the skin and joint disease. You know, the other thing that's, that's maybe worth, yeah, but, you know, before, not to get, get ahead, but we, we do know that there's also probably um, some inflammation uh, in the blood vessels, and we've mm-hmm. it's been known over the years now that uh, there's there's probably an increased risk of of cardiovascular disease in patients mm-hmm. who have chronic inflammation. And while we don't know this yet, there's some understanding that maybe controlling some of that inflammation might change the cardiovascular risk in patients. And so that's a sort of hot new area of uh, investigation that might might be important for patients who are thinking about using these medications as well. Absolutely. That's a definite, well, hopefully that could be a great benefit from them as well. I want to get in our last you know, minute and a half, I want to get into mm-hmm. kind of like the prognosis and what people who have been diagnosed with psoriasis, in addition to medications, some lifestyle things they can do. Sure, sure. So, you know, I mean, the prognosis is uh, is good, again, considering how many great treatment options we have now, mm-hmm. although it is really important to remember that in the vast majority of cases, it, it's a chronic disease. So mm-hmm. we do have to set our expectations that we're probably going to have to deal with both the skin and or joint disease for you know, the foreseeable future. Um, we don't mm-hmm. have any cures uh, right now, but there's always the hope of, of, uh, of treatments getting to the point of creating real remissions and or sure. hopefully cures in the future. Um, so the future is looking is looking good um, with awesome. regard to any lifestyle. Thing? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I was just going <laughs> to. You beat me to the punch. Lifestyle modifications. You know, it's unclear, but there are a few things that we seem to uh, that that seem to benefit patients. So, weight loss has been shown to be associated with improved skin, as well as joint disease. So, for so many reasons, uh, weight loss uh, is 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 probably an important part of this. You know, uh, smoking cessation is extremely important. Uh, you know, there have been a few studies that show that alcohol, particularly beer, may make the condition worse. Uh, believe it or not, so so that's something mm-hmm. else to consider. So sorry to okay. sorry to bring any bad news. Uh, <laughs> to folks, I know. You know, don't say wine. Is, You're going to make me very upset. I know. But, yeah, no, I won't. I won't take away your wine. I know. Thank uh, you so much. And just we're going to have to we're going to have to cut. This was fantastic. Oh sure. Really. I really, really appreciate it. For all of our listeners, I know you want to know more. So go to www.psoriasis.org, the National Psoriasis Foundation. You can also follow Dr. Marola at Joseph Marola, MD, on Twitter. This is Dr. Daria, and you're listening to Share Care Radio on Radio MD. Oh, 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 oh,